on this episode of Hit the Deck. Winter is here, and we are feeling pretty frosty. The triumphant return of Mr. Kevin Frost. You uh, owed us one, actually, yeah, yeah, because we had to cancel you two weeks in a row. Yeah, really. <laughs> and you know who is back at it in Philadelphia. Guess you'll just have to grit it out. And it doesn't come out of my mouth easily, but maybe there's hope for this creature yet. Very impressive and, and unexpected. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck and Theme. And the home of the Welcome to episode 127 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and we've got a show for you, kids, kitties, yeah, we've got a show for you, kitties, I don't know, I, I, just, I just went into some kind of old-timey slash Conan O'Brien thing, I don't, I don't know, honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I think that's evident after 120 episodes, but regardless, and uh, I think it's fair to you to tell you who doesn't know what he's doing. So um, since we do have such a packed show, I think, uh, you know, without further ado, it would behoove us to jump straight into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi, and back with us, finally, great friend of the podcast. On defense, number 13, Kevin Frost. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for your patience, too. God bless you, sir. It was uh, about, what, three or four weeks we tried to get you on to talk about the Iron Man, so I'm so glad that it finally happened, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem, and I apologize for uh, being on the injured reserve last week. Uh, I, I, you know, went down pretty hard the day before or the day of the, the last time we wanted to record. So I apologize to you. Apologize to any listeners who were expecting me, but yeah, it, it happens sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, and and no need to apologize. We're very happy to have you. So happy, in fact, that I'm gonna just put you on pause for a second because. There's, uh, there's one thing that I have to talk about with James real quick, but we'll be right back with you. Sounds good. So, James, right here at the top of the show, th there's, there's one thing I really need to address here. Uh, it seems that for some unfathomable reason, you and I have been gifted with phenomenal cosmic powers. And much like Spider-Man, we must learn to use them responsibly. Because uh, as, as longtime listeners will recall, a couple years ago on the Christmas scrimmage that we did, James said some disparaging <laughs> things about George Michael. And uh, a few days later, he died. That's right. Last week on the podcast, I yeah, made some wow. disparaging implications about Alex Trebek. And yesterday, he announced that he had been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And I, I feel badly about that in hindsight. 
you know, it was all in good fun, all in jest, you know, for some ha-has. But uh, I, 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 for some reason, when we make fun of somebody, uh, some celebrity, it seems that a horrible fate befalls them. So I don't know why this power has been granted to us, but uh, I, I vow that I will use it much more wisely. James? Uh, if it's true, and yes, sincere apologies, because nothing against either of those gentlemen. Uh, we weren't looking to inflict any harm on them or their families in any way. That, that's, that's the truth. But if we do have that power, I, I actually would like to use it on a few people. But um, since being a Catholic and we're in Lent, I'll follow your lead and, and not do it. Good man. All right. So, yeah, in all seriousness, I would like to extend an apology to Alex Trebek and our sincere, sincere hope that he can fight his way through this and come out on the other side. And, uh, you know, in spite of anything we may have said to the contrary, we are both pulling for you. And, uh, you know, we, we respect and appreciate, uh, you know, your, your contributions to Jeopardy and, and, and general society for the duration of time that you've been doing this. So we appreciate you and, and you know, no, no hard feelings, I hope. Yeah, bottom line, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I, I, I don't enjoy Alex Trebek as a host of the Jeopardy, but he is a big hockey fan and he loves Wayne Gretzky. So uh, I don't hate him by any means. I don't know the man or anything like that. So just judging on the hosting capabilities, we'll leave it at that. But uh, exactly right. And in all truthfulness, you know, God bless and, and fight the good fight and hope you win. All right. Well, that being said, we, we do have a quite packed show today and a lot of it centers around a friend of the podcast Kevin Frost who you heard just a a little while ago a few minutes ago is is here with us and we don't want to keep him waiting too long but just a quick recap if you didn't listen to the podcast last week we did a recap of the Ironman tournament the RSHL Ironman and we covered the rules for that and the teams that played in it or at least the highlights and so if you're a little confused about any of the stuff we talk about in the interview and you didn't listen last week go back and give it a listen because uh, i i think you know it was it was certainly a great tournament and i know it's patting ourselves on the back a little bit to say we we covered it very well you know i don't want to go that far but i will <laughs> say that i think we covered it well enough to avoid any confusion on your part uh, listening to this interview so it it would behoove you perhaps to listen to that prior to listening to this interview if you have not already so that was episode 126 so you know go back and check that out if you didn't and uh you know if you did then then we can we can proceed james i feel bad i didn't ask you i was so wrapped up in talking about Alex Trebek. I didn't ask you. How, how are you, my friend? I'm glad you didn't ask that question. <laughs> so we'll just move on. How are you? I'm okay. I'm, uh, I'm still, I've got this, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I, I still got something going on in my lungs. My, a little bit of my power is gone and I'm coughing still pretty consistently and I'm a little bit congested, but I don't know. It's it's a, it's a thing that I guess will go away eventually. Otherwise, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Good, because otherwise, please don't tell me because I can't take any more bad news. So just take care of yourself. Heal up. 
and be 100% Rhino, please. Uh, well, well, I'm always 100% Rhino, James. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I had, didn't get a chance to play any hockey this week, which was unfortunate. I did miss that, but unfortunately, there's nothing I could do about that. That's just... Uh, I when 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 our beloved LIQ played, I had other obligations and so I could not contribute. Hopefully I'll get back out there soon. But I know one person that has been playing hockey and doing a great job of it is the focus of this particular podcast. So I think it would be doing him a disservice to ramble on any longer. So, James, if you are amenable, could I convince you, please, to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be happy to, sir. Thank you so kindly. Iron Out the Details, Part 1. It only took about a month, but Raleigh Street Hockey League GM and great friend of the podcast, Mr. Kevin Frost, is here to answer some questions about the RSHL's 2019 Ironman Tournament. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Nice and easy. Yes, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as they say. Someone says that. I've heard it. It's a thing, I guess. But uh, anyway, or... uh... I think I've seen Goofy say, like, easy peasy, nice and cheesy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a, a golf movie, The Greatest Game Ever Played or something like that. Uh-huh. And um, I know the caddy said something to that effect, like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So I think that's where I heard it, at least in other places. Okay. So it, it is it is a, it is an expression that we didn't just make up. No, no, I'm, so, I'm, I'm quite sure that it's an expression. Yeah. I just couldn't say where I have heard it. That's where I heard it. I don't think Kevin cares. And I won't even ask him about it because that's how little I think he cares. So, uh, you know, I I will, however, ask him some other things. So let's jump right into it. This interview, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you now uh, the triumphant return of Mr. Kevin Frost. Welcome back to Hit the Deck, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, how are you feeling, first of all? Feeling pretty good. Again, on the injured reserve last week, but I'm back in it and uh, happy to be on again. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Look, as we've kind of demonstrated over the last few weeks of the podcast, we all have fallen, you know, uh, fallen victim to the evils of the IR of late. So you really you have nothing to feel bad about. So uh, you owed us one, actually. Yeah, yeah, because we had to cancel you two weeks in a row. Yeah, really? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, if you just wanted to stand us up like a diva just to make a point, I I totally would have understood that. Not that you would, but you would have been within your rights. Yes. Hey, you know, as long as uh, we're all healthy for the playoffs, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, how was the tournament? I mean, we talked about it on the pod last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go back and do, because even though Kevin wasn't on it, I, I think we did a pretty good job. I hope we did a pretty good job recapping what happened in the Ironman, which, uh, as James mentioned, the uh, RSHL Ironman tournament, which Kevin Frost puts together every year, if I, if I hadn't mentioned it before. And so that's what he's here to kind of recap again, or, you know, add to the recap for, uh, if you will, supplement. Supplement is a good word. He's here to supplement the recap for, for the RSHL Ironman. So all that nonsense being out of the way, how was the tournament there, Kevin? I think it went well. Everyone seemed to have fun. The most important part was everybody seemed really tired after. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and that's, a, I feel, always the mark of a good tournament. You know, you're always concerned that nobody's going to get enough rink time or, you know, enough ice time or, 
you know, there, there, there's the level of competition isn't going to be good enough for them. But it seemed like uh, everybody was tired, everybody was sweating, and uh, as I'm sure you saw in some of those final games, uh, some people couldn't run much after. So, oh yeah, well, <laughs> or even towards the end. So that you know what, it was a good tournament. I, I said this last week. It was a lot of fun to watch. Some of those games, especially, were really, really compelling. And uh, you know, it was, it was. It was a joy. And as I said on the podcast last week, one of the games, uh, the the B division final, actually, you know, they they played 10 minutes as Ironmen. So no changes, just like the six of them on the rink for the whole whole 10 minutes. And then it was tied at the end. So they went to a five minute overtime. And uh, I, I said on the podcast, it's almost like a punishment for those guys. You know, I. I you love to see that kind of competition, that level of uh, even competition. And, and the extra five minutes are fun to watch, but I'm sure they weren't fun to play for those guys. <laughs> no, no, I can contest to that, too. I mean, I, I've certainly played my fair share of Ironmans, and, sure. and they get long. Uh, I mean, we, we did 10-minute uh, periods this time. I've certainly been out there and, you know, you look up at the clock and there's still eight minutes to go and you're <laughs> like, uh, okay, I thought we were almost done here, but there's still a lot of time to go. So I got to dig deep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I think the advantages to the people with the, with the scoreboards on their backs. Mm -hmm. So a, a little hot tip for anybody going in, <laughs> So <laughs> try, you, and gra try and grab that side with the scoreboards on your back. So you don't have to look at you it. You don't have to look at it. Sure. How actually, that's a good question. How do you determine, I mean, how do you, is there any rhyme or reason to who has which end or it's just kind of which end you file into the rink and, and grab? No, no, actually we, we do a home and away. So there's a home and away bench. And then okay. uh, on the schedule, we kind of spell it out on who's home and away to try and balance it out. I mean, it, there's no real advantage except maybe the clock, like I said, but uh, you know, it, it, whatever side you're scheduled to play on, that's how the guys do it. How do you determine who's home and who's away? Is it just a coin flip? Like everybody's roughly, you know, slated to be home and away half the time, or or is it determined by seating? Or what does that what does that do? Yeah, I try I try to balance it out just so uh, you know. I know people get superstitious about which side of the rink if they happen to win two games on one side and one on the other. I want to mix it up. I don't want anybody to feel too comfortable out there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's good. You never want to be too comfortable. That's, that's the mark of a, a, a good organizer. That's the other thing that's impressive, too, is all the planning that goes into it. And even the uh, the care, which you guys posted on Facebook and Twitter, the schedule, that even the, the teams and the colors are all represented properly and, and uh, you know, from the beginning game to the end and then the playoffs and all that stuff was really so impressive. Just out of curiosity, too, because, you know, Gary and I were uh, following along on Twitter as the games were happening during the Saturday of the event. And is that Stan Gilliland's responsibility? Is he the, the gentleman that uh, takes care of all that? Because whoever did it w was doing a fantastic job with posting pictures and keeping it up to date. On Facebook or Twitter? I was following along on Eat Twitter. Both. Yeah, and then then I checked out Facebook afterwards to see a little bit more in depth of what happened. Yes, Stan does the Facebook. That's that's uh, somehow he owns that page or it's connected to his usual page. So uh, he runs the Facebook. He puts up all those beautiful. He takes the pictures too. He's actually a photographer, so oh, wow. he'll take a lot of awesome pictures, a lot of high quality, beautiful pictures. I'm sure you've seen on there. We're, we're pretty lucky for that. And he's he's uh, captured some pretty remarkable action shots. I must say. I mean, you know to. 
we've seen some of them with the ball like mid score or mid net or somebody in mid shot with a you know huge flex on their stick it's so uh, he's 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 good at what he does and uh, he takes some remarkable pictures but i do the twitter for the most part uh a lot of the stuff is kind of uh you know if something gets posted to facebook or something automatically gets posted to twitter and all and back and forth but yeah for the most part so i wouldn't say i did a good job i was <laughs> i was uh you know Certainly occupied for the most part, but I tried to do as much as I could. I mean, we, we even, you know, to the point where we had, we had packed it up for the night and, you know, the whole car was packed up. We were ready to go. It's been a long day. I'm sitting in the car. I'm like, <laughs> I, ju- I just got to send these tweets out real quick. I got to send out who won. You know what I mean? Because I know, I know some people were following along and, you know, a lot of people out of town. So I was like, all right, just just give me a minute. It's been a long day, but let me just send these tweets out real quick so everybody sees them. So that's actually a great question. You were organizing the tournament and you were refereeing a lot of the games. Were you also attempting to tweet in real time or at least as close to it as you could? Yeah, as close to it as I could. I was playing too. I played in the B division. Yes, uh, that's right. That's right. You did. Yeah. I ref the A division and then uh, ref some of the C division, some of the playoffs in the C division. So yeah. And then, you know, running it, organizing it, the whole nine yards. So yeah, it was was a busy day. Did you at any point sit down? Uh, A couple times. Yeah. A couple times, I think. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't pass out, but well done, man. That's really impressive. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I have a lot of help. Uh, I'd certainly like to uh, thank everybody maybe later in the podcast, but it's a big family of all of us that do it. So I certainly uh, can't take much of the credit at all. Uh, These other people that help out take the brunt of the work. So I get the easy part. I just make the schedule and, you know, email everybody. And, you know, that's pretty easy. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kevin, I do have to ask you, it's kind of the elephant in the room. What happened with the beard? Like, uh, I, I saw you, uh, you, you, seemed, yes. you seemed very well groomed in those videos <laughs> at the tournament. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're a slob, but, you know, the last times we've seen you and even now your beard is a, a little more, let's say, wild, which, you know, I, I think uh, a little more aggressive. So hockey, a little more hockey, a little more hockey. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, you know, it was, it was probably six or seven inches long at at some point. And then, uh, you know, it, it, it gets to a point where it's manageable right now. It's not manageable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like when you grow the top of your hair out, you know, there's a certain point where it's just, you just can't do anything with it. So you just got to deal with it for a while. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it gets to a certain length that it starts getting in your dinner plate and mm-hmm. it gets stuck in your seatbelt. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> it was a whole host of things that, I, you know, at one point I was like, eh, and I wanted to see how long I could actually get it. So mm-hmm. uh, at one point it seemed to kind of just stop growing. So I was like, well, I, I guess that's it. We figured it out. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Job accomplished. All right. Well done. <laughs> so uh i don't don't know and the problem is is uh you know after i cut it then you know you gotta shave and you know i was shaving you know the neck area and stuff like that and i'm just like oh i don't miss this so (laughs) i might i'm just gonna let it grow back out (laughs) because good for you i I forgot how bad it is to shave every day (laughs) so there you go some beer talk on the uh, hockey podcast yeah sure i mean look look I think uh, I think there's nothing. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. But uh, there's something very hockey appropriate about beard talk, you know, especially <laughs> especially playoff time. Not that we're in the playoffs yet, but hockey and beards go hand in hand. Absolutely. I agree. So I, I do want to ask you a little bit. 
James and I mentioned this last week, but uh, the the rule about not being able to shoot off the inbounds, that's not something that I've seen everywhere. It, how did you decide on that rule? What's the purpose behind it? Uh, I, that was an interesting question when you brought that up on the podcast last week. And I guess it, it stems from our pickup game. So in our pickup games, we have that inbound thing. So we don't have to do face-offs. You can just keep the, the game flowing. Sure. And so at, at some point, we just made the rule that you can't shoot on net or you can't shoot it through the crease at pickup. You always had to pass it through. And the Ironman tournament, you know, stemmed just from the league wanting to try something different and just do a, a little tournament that we could, you know, play a little different format. And that was part of it. That that rule kind of went into it. So it's not necessarily a new rule, but now that we have more and more teams coming from different places that may not be accustomed to the rules, like, you know, everybody in the RSHL would know that rule just from playing in pickups, but other teams don't. So we had to start like being a lot more specific about some of these rules. And actually, when I was in the tournament at Charlotte, the uh, almost winter classic mm. uh, two years ago, that actually happened, and the team I was on got scored on because someone was taking it out of the corner, and they just took a quick shot, and goalie wasn't prepared for it, and, and it went in. And we all kind of looked around like, is, is that legal? Because, mm. <laughs> you know, and it was deemed legal, so, I, you know, I don't know what their rules are, but that kind of stuck out in my head like, hey, you know, I should probably be a little bit more specific or make it like a, a, a true rule in the Ironman because mainly for the goalies because, you know, goalie goes down, he's, he's sprawled out, he's got some sort of weird save where one leg is over his head or something like that. Like, he needs a couple of minutes to get back up and adjust you know, and, and get ready. And then where the Ironman is a pretty fast pace, you know, you want to be able to give them at least a, a good amount of time to get set again. And I don't know, I, I think it's kind of a cheap thing to do. It, you know what I mean? If you're in the corner yeah. and just whip it on goal and get it between his legs, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of a cheap thing. So, you know, I figured I'd just spell it out and get rid of it all together. As a goalie, I appreciate that. It's happened to me, certainly, giving up those kind of goals. And, you know, Often I found it's it's less that I'm not paying attention and more that I'm trying to fix the net, which has been slightly knocked off. So I think I have a second and, you know, I turn and I like go to fix the net. But unbeknownst to me, the usually it's a case of the other goalie, the goalie on the other hand has gloved it down and, and quickly put it back in play. And I wasn't prepared to, you know, immediately start play. So I get caught with that. You know, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. So I appreciate that. And I thank you, you know, on behalf of the other goalies. <laughs> no problem. And it's well thought out, too, because that's the beauty of the Ironman, because it's 10 minutes nonstop, six players, and, and that's it. And, then you know, you, you, you win, you advance. And uh, I think that's just a, a great rule to put into a tournament the way it's set up it, it really um and speaking of as a defenseman too and uh, yeah on, on the behalf of the goalies uh, the american rhino there so well done on that well thanks i, I, I yeah I, I, when we put it in i thought it was pretty good and then there was the question of uh you know if there was an icing we we put the ball up at the center line so it was like well can that guy shoot or not you know what i mean when they drop the ball mm -hmm. and it was like well let's just let's just do it across the board you know i spoke with a bunch of the referees about it before this tournament and i was like you know how do you guys all feel about this let's make sure we we get it right and everyone was like yeah let's just blanket it across you know because then you have to explain well you can't shoot from the corner but you can shoot from the red line you know what i mean so it's just like let's just blanket it all wherever the ball is dropped you can't shoot it on goal or, or put it through the crease so you know every every year 
there's always this weird gray area thing that happens that you then have to make a decision on. So, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the things that has come up before. And, you, you know, you don't want to see a team win like a, a whole tournament or something because, you know, the goalie was fixing the net, like you said, or getting ready, didn't have time to get set, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there'll probably be some weird rule that we'll have to instate next year because of some weird thing that happened that only happens once in a million years, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to make a decision on it and then you just got to be consistent about it. So, all right. Well, thank you. So here's another thing, as we mentioned, it is 10 minute periods and the six guys that start are the six guys that finish. And that's the team that you play with for the whole tournament pretty much. Right. So yep. what happens? Like I noticed in uh, one of the C division games in particular, the uh, Burtz versus Purple Haze, there was one point where one of the players went down and stayed down for like a, a, a little while, not not like minutes on end, but he, he took a long time getting up. What is the protocol if somebody gets injured and can't continue in the middle of a game? Well, the, I mean, obviously we would stop the play if that person was too injured to continue. Right. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it states in the rules, you would, you know, if he leaves the rink, then the team has to continue with four guys or so, four runners, I wow. would suppose. So it's basically a, a permanent penalty kill for the remainder of the game. Correct. The You know, after that, we... You know, we would certainly help them find some sort of substitute depending on mm -hmm. how far into the tournament you were, you know. Uh, we did have an injury last year where Joey Delgado actually took a, a shot in the eye. He took a, a, a slap shot right to the eye. Oof. So we had to leave pretty early in the tournament. And then we have a couple people from RSHL that are usually kicking around the rink and we'll give, you know, that team a substitute to play. Obviously, we, we make sure all the captains are fine with it. It's not just an administrative decision. But, uh, you know, you're allowed to substitute, so... We're not going to make you play the rest of the tournament down one guy because it's just not fair. So uh, if someone happens to get injured and we can find a suitable replacement, then, uh, you know, you're good to go from there. If it's the goalie that gets hurt, I mean, I a handful of times I have been uh, unfortunate enough to have to leave a game during the game with a knee injury because I've had bad knees since I ran track in high school on concrete for four years. So obviously as a goalie, knees are not a great you know, thing to have chronic injuries with, but the uh, say la vie. Um, if the goalie were to go down, I assume it wouldn't be, you know, empty net for the rest of the game. You'd like maybe pull in basically whoever has their pads on and is willing to go jump in. That hasn't happened before, so I'm not going to jinx it and have a discussion about it. How about that? <laughs> That's a great answer. Because <laughs> I don't want that to happen. That would be catastrophic but amen yeah, amen yeah we would we would certainly find some somebody to to jump in i uh, i respect that answer you're a, you're a wise man kevin frost poor goalies yeah i don't, I don't need i don't need anybody sending me some hate email because i jinxed them no no <laughs> look believe me I, I i get it but uh i do <laughs> i do wanna so that's actually a good segue it looked like a number of teams shared goalies in this tournament um one i guess respect to the goalies for being willing to jump in, you know, on uh, on multiple teams. Although, you know, you want to play. I guess anybody wants to play. Uh, that's why you're there. But right. now I, I it looked like some of the some of the goalies that they shared were like I, I assume they were all one team that that brought multiple uh you know teams 
for the tournament, multiple tournament teams, and they just shared a goalie among them. Uh, like uh, I think the Panthers was one that that shared a goalie in like a B and a C division team. But um, yeah. it in in other cases, it, I don't know if it, it was. Well, you tell me. Were there teams that showed up without a goalie and just said, "Hey, can we use somebody's?" Or how does that work? Usually, the out of town teams are the ones that need the most help with goalies. Some of these organizations don't have multiple goalies, so sometimes you know they'll say, "Hey, you know, we only have one goalie, but we want to bring two teams. We got plenty of runners." So a lot of times we'll we'll help them out with that. There's you know there's certainly plenty of RSHL goalies to go around, so RSHL doesn't need to bring multiple goalies to the right. tournament. But there's only a couple teams that that do that, and it's just it's mainly for lack of goalies okay. in, in their league, you know. But you know there's certainly uh, generally speaking the the goalie will play play up instead of playing down. So uh, usually there'll be a C goalie mm-hmm. playing up, helping out in B. Gotcha. Um, you know, not not an A goalie playing in the C division or something like that. We would we wouldn't allow that certainly. That is fair. Okay, next question that is goalie related. Plainville, the Plainville team in the C division. As I mentioned on the podcast last night, the Hergits put on a show. Matt was the goalie, and Jeff Hergit was the runner. Were they related? Were they brothers? Were they just two guys that happened to be Herget? Do you know the deal with that? As far as I know, they were brothers. Okay. I, you know, right. I don't know if they were. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the relation. Doesn't seem uh, like a common family, last name, but... but you never know. Don't want to assume. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, a lot of those guys play on the same team. I, I believe they were uh, an entire team from the Plainville Arena that split into two to have two teams: one in the B and then one in the C. All right. I cannot read my writing. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Something about a rolling puck. Uh... <laughs> Did we lose James? I don't see him anymore. No, he's there. I'm, I'm here, yeah. He's very quiet. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It looks okay. like rolling puck committee with goalie, but that that's, that's that makes no sense. That wouldn't be what... Uh... All right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's we, not... not we play with a ball anyway, so... Yeah, I no, I just... Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I have chicken scratch. Oh, okay. Here's a question. So... For the B division, there was a completely different commentator from the usual Daniel Wilson. And it looked like maybe uh, the cameras went out. Two of the cameras went out at some point. So I assume that the replacement did not realize he had to change the batteries in, in the cameras. So what happened? I guess not Not that it, not that the, the uh, what was his name, the replacement commentator, James? It was... Logan Stanton? Logan Stanton, yes. No, not, it's, it's Staten. Logan Staten, Staten. okay. I, I have been corrected. So did, did we say Staten originally? Uh, I'll double check that. All right. Okay. Apparently I had been putting it on YouTube as uh, Stanton, which I, for the entire time since I've known the kid, I thought his <laughs> last name was Staten. And he uh, he uh, informed me that it is, that was incorrect. Okay. Is, there, is, there is no N, so it is Staten. So I apologize, Logan Staten. I've been calling you Stanton. I don't know. Yeah. I have a cousin with the last name of Stanton, so I probably would make that mistake as well. All right. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, Daniel uh, got called into work the day before. So uh, he had a couple hours. He had to uh, get up to work and, and and do his job for a little bit, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, he's a company man, and he, he went in and, and did what he needed to do. He dropped off the cameras. 
uh, for us. And uh, Logan was good enough to jump in and, and help out and run the cameras. He was actually, uh, he actually, he was only supposed to run the cameras. Uh, and then he, he uh, Daniel was going to do the audio after, but uh, he took it upon himself to do the commentary and he did a great job. Fantastic job at it. As far as I know, it's his first time, especially uh, doing it in the RSHL. So, I mean, hats off to him. I, I thought he crushed it the whole time. He did yeah, do a agree. Good job. Yeah. Although I, I did, I did have to wonder at his fixation on one of the goalies who was particularly tall, who he kept referring to as Yao Ming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's got to be the, the color guy and sure. the uh, play by play. I respect so, that. You know, I respect that. Make some jokes. And he has a great voice too. So it all worked out very well. Very yeah, he did. he did. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, at some point, the GoPro cameras did go down. I, I guess there was a, a problem with the memory storage or something to that effect. So once I did see that as an issue, uh, I ran out there and, and put up a GoPro on uh, one of the sides, uh, only to realize that I probably put it on the wrong side because hmm. the uh, right side of the rink was, wasn't getting a, a very good view with the penalty box camera. But, you know, he lived and learned. No, considering though, really fantastic because you expect that. That's what I find so impressive about the Iron Man, among everything else, is the amount of preparation that you guys put into it, and uh, it, it's really so well run. And to have just a short amount of time that you get all those games in, and virtually you're right on the money with how long you time it out, and so on and so forth, and to set up the cameras, and uh, and and Daniel and and um, and Logan did such a great job. With uh, the editing and the play-by-play, if it was all Daniel or, or if Logan chipped in with that as well. But uh, really, absolutely amazing. And just to have the wherewithal to have a backup and put something up there instead of just going black and figuring it out. So really, great job and, and well done for that. Yeah, Daniel does an awesome job, as, as usual. He's, he's always there. He's always doing videos. He crushes it. We actually had Joey Delgado from Memory to Video Productions. He was there. He was playing on the Plainville Arena team and C. And I don't know if anybody has, uh, any of you guys have seen his videos on YouTube, but he used to work for ESPN and do some video for oh, them. Wow. And and as far as I know, he's the only guy that records ball hockey tournaments. He just did the one up at Chicago. He was doing some live feeds. So when he came down, unfortunately, we didn't have like the greatest setup, you know, with the facility to run like a really good live feed mm-hmm. for the entire tournament. But he set it up and did a little live feed for the C division, which we kind of posted up. And, and there were some early videos of that that he did. So I'll stick up to him because he was awesome. And, and the videos he made were absolutely beautiful. There was like the two. I don't know if you saw that, but it was kind of like a two shot one side of the rink to the other. And uh, it was a great setup and it looked great. You know, I, I wish that we had a little better facility where, you know, the the wi-fi and everything and mm. you, know, the, you know the whole nine yards but we could have done a little bit better and do something with him with a live stream but you know we got we got a cut and it, you know it, it's uh it only takes about a week or so for daniel to edit it up so he gets out there pretty quick yeah yeah i mean that's why networks have those big huge trucks with all that equipment in it so you need that stuff so what you guys did very very impressive yeah we've i mean we've tried to we've done play-by-play a couple of times and we've run into the same problems with wi-fi and and that sort of thing and and so believe me we definitely understand and and respect what you guys do it's it's all daniel he does all the work so it's great to have somebody like him who has the love and the passion for it was uh joey delgado the guy that you said got hurt last year that's correct yeah Ah, that's a callback. Wow. 
I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm easily impressed. But, you know, the, the fact that I remembered that is really, you know, you can ask my wife, you know, I, you said something that I remembered like 10, 15 minutes later. And, and that's, you know, I'm proud of me. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Mr. Delgado is a hockey player that they hockeyed up. So well done. Did. Yeah. I'm not did. proud of him. I'm proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> I did the hard thing. I had to actually remember something 10 minutes later. Yeah, that poor guy just took a slap shot to the eye. And... Yeah, pff, come on. Who <laughs> right, hasn't right. done that? <laughs> Actually, no. well, uh, I think one of the only injuries that we had, at least that I know of, was the captain for the Beach Brews in A Division, Drake Crittenden. Sorry if I said your name wrong, buddy. But, uh, yeah, apparently he broke his hand during, Ooh. like, the second to last game. Woof. And uh, he, he kept playing, played through the playoffs Ooh. with a broken hand. He's so, an Iron Man. He earned the title. He's a great guy. Uh, they had a great team too in A division, um, and and they were really good. They were from the Wilmington Ball Hockey Association, so great great group of guys. The whole and uh, they brought four teams this year. They had two teams in C division, one in B. Uh, the one in B actually made it to the lower finals. So that I believe that was the first first time that they had a B division team, and they made it all the way to the lower division finals. So nice. Wow. And it, I, my team lost to them in the semifinals, but that's okay. Yes, that yes, happened. that is that is unfortunate. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll say this. You guys started out looking good in that game. <laughs> I mean, I know that's you know kind of faint praise given how it ended, but it's not like you got your doors blown off. You, you hung with them. You just couldn't, you know. But it, it was two nothing. I think was the uh, final. Uh, yeah, we so, we, yeah. we struggled all tournament to score goals. Uh, I think we scored uh, one goal, <laughs> maybe all tournament or two two goals all tournament. You know, it, it happens sometimes. Yeah. We, I had um, I don't know if you saw, but there was a few ladies on my team. I did uh, see I had that. Colleen Murphy, uh, Whitley, and Catherine Murphy as well. So it was three ladies, uh, goalie from my Lock Monsters, and, and a friend Keith Meister from Lock Monsters as well. So we had a lot of fun. Did you guys change your name, your team name? Because I I was a little confused uh, when I I actually after the tournament I watched the next game that Daniel Wilson put up and he mentioned your name when he was talking about people scoring on I forget what the team was but it wasn't the Lock Monsters no uh, the Lock Nessies but, right no I no I know in the tournament you were the Lock Nessies I'm talking about just in your regular RSHL season oh uh we are the lock monsters in the regular rshl season. yeah all right maybe i don't know maybe he was talking about an overall scoring title or i i, I don't know i i guess i wasn't paying 100 percent attention at that time <laughs> but i heard your name and i was confused uh, yeah. it's neither here nor there but speaking of daniel wilson uh, when are we going to get him on the podcast <laughs> i don't know he's a he's a busy man he's always editing and stuff you gotta lock him down he can edit while he talks to us. He can multitask. <laughs> like I've cut me. video. He can he, he 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 can just do the like the A B C you know cuts between the cameras and and then that's he doesn't need to hear for that. That's uh, you can just see what's going on. That's like, yeah. yeah. Come come on. That's if fun. he can call the game and film it simultaneously, he can talk to us and edit. <laughs> it's just lazy. <clears throat> There's well, a great way to get him on the podcast. Yeah, you lazy yeah, yeah. jerk. Get on the podcast. Call, <laughs> Call him up. That'll work. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, we, we have great respect for what Daniel Absolutely. Wilson does, and that's why we want to talk to him. You yes. know, If calling him out works, then fine. I'm willing to do that. But I, you know. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Kevin, about, I guess, discipline in the tournament. 
Uh, if you if you listened to the podcast last week, you heard that we designated our that guy last week as a, a Schaffner. Don't be a Schaffner. So I wanted to ask you, not necessarily in connection with that, but has there ever been a situation where somebody has like really stepped over the line so much that you'd have to ask them to, I guess, leave or, or, you know, not play for the duration of the tournament? Or, you know, can you envision uh, somebody doing something that would get to that level? What, what, what level would, of, of unsportsmanlike conduct would have to be displayed for you to kick somebody out of the tournament? Oh, boy. Discipline, my favorite subject. Yeah, I know. Well, first of all, I, I don't know if you saw, well, I'm sure you saw the tweet that I sent out, but the very last rule in the RSHL Ironman tournament comes from Hit the Deck podcast. And it is, uh, don't be that guy. Cheers. Yes, we did appreciate that. And we saw that. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's true. Just don't be that guy. No, um, yes, there's certainly a a threshold. Uh, Some sort of repeat offender uh, would certainly be on the list. I mean, you like to think that people wouldn't take it that far Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where they would get kicked out or, or do something so egregious that they would get kicked out. But you know, there's certainly people that can lose their cool. Uh, it's hard because I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sure. You know, you know a lot of these guys. And as I'm sure you know, 99% of the people that you play hockey with that you can't stand on the rink are awesome off the rink. They're, you know, they're great people. And But, you know, for whatever reason, when people get a little competition in them, they, they can, you know, teeter that line of losing their mind for mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason. And, I've, you know, we're all guilty of it. Sometimes, we, you know, there's some, there's some times where we're not proud of what we've done. But, you know, competition does that to people. So it brings out that, that inner beast in you that sometimes you don't know is there. And, you know, but then there's other people that are just always like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, there would certainly be, you know, if you t- attempted to injure somebody or did injure somebody in, in some sort of fashion, uh uh, you know, you'll get thrown out. It's, but you're only hurting your own team. So right. uh, if you're going to be that guy, you, your team's going to suffer because of it. All right. Yeah. So, okay. That, that's, that's good to know. Thank you. And I guess while we're on the subject of discipline and, and, you know, behavior on the rink, I might as well head over to the A division and ask you the question that I publicly posed to you last week about I, I believe correct me if i'm wrong that was your call to call back that goal in that game actually no it was not no oh, oh i thought i thought i heard uh daniel shout your name out as calling that were you refing in that game i was and that that is possible that daniel may have called that but that was actually uh tim corgan who was the uh who's on the far left boards who made that decision okay well um, you know what i'm gonna ask I, you anyway because i don't have him sure. on the podcast i have you <laughs> sure I'd be happy to answer it, though. All right. So put yourself in his shoes then. And uh, the the situation was, as I saw it unfold, was I forget which team perpetrated the infraction, uh, whether it was the Crushers or the Thunder. But picture, if you will, one team coming in on the goalie and uh, guys being it's not like a clear breakaway guys being defended, but he manages to slip past his defender and slide one just past the goalie as he is coming in on his final break and shot just a few steps behind him the trailing player actually trips the trailing defenseman so he goes down and the goal is scored but it is waved off and a penalty shot awarded to the other team so the question i posed on last week's podcast and the question i posed to you now kevin is 
as a referee in that situation, how do you make that determination, that split second determination in, in such a, a big spot to wave off a goal and, and do the penalty shot? What goes through your head when you're making that kind of call? Mr. Wharf. Fire. Thank you, Kevin, again, for coming on the podcast. We always appreciate you being here. And uh, I think I would like to have you back next week, if you don't mind, uh, because I think there's some more things we need to tie up. So that being said, the podcast would not be complete, of course, without a certain segment about a certain someone. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, you do, because it would not be an episode of Hit the Deck without... This week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. And we've got some news about Gritty, so strap in. He's, uh, you know, I was going to say he's been busy. He has done some stuff, but a lot of the Gritty news this week is kind of tangentially Gritty related. It's not active Gritty, it's more passive Gritty, if that makes sense. <laughs> as if there is such a thing as passive gritty, but uh, I'll I'll just jump into it. You'll understand what I mean. So I let let's start with the the most tangentially related. So we have a a, a couple of of musical acts. See, gritty gritty is expanding his influence out to the music sphere at large, oh, and no. so uh, first off, we, well, I I say music acts kind of in quotes for this first one, but it does tie into a passion of yours and mine, James. The WWE was in Philadelphia this week. And uh, so WWE superstar Elias, whose gimmick is that he's a musician and, and you know, a, a star and he sings songs and he's currently a heel. So he was trying to goad the audience in Philadelphia. He, uh, he told the, the audience or, or the universe, as they ridiculously call their fans. He he told the fans that uh, the, their their mothers all look like Gritty. Oh. Which, I mean, you know, that's that's Whoa. hitting below the belt. So you know, shots fired. So Gritty uh, on Twitter decided to return fire by by calling him out, telling him to leave. You know, the, he's like, say what you want about me, but leave the mothers out of it. But he used Elias's real name. He called him Jeff. I didn't know his real name was Jeff. Apparently it is. So Gritty's getting real all up in this piece or something. You really have to be a heel to make Gritty come out as the good guy. That, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Seriously. Uh, Gritty is also taking credit for reuniting the Jonas Brothers. Uh, I guess they came together on James Corden's show and sang a song. And in that song, they had a line about Gritty. So, uh, you know, I guess he was important enough to reference. Are, are they from Philadelphia or something? I have no idea. I know absolutely nothing about the Jonas Brothers. And I'd prefer to keep it that way if it's all the same to you. Fine with me. All right. So, uh, yeah. So that, that was that was this week in in gritty's music career another thing that was interesting about gritty this week was or well by interesting i mean terrifying of course uh there 
I didn't actually I actually didn't know this piece of information. So this allowed me to learn something. I didn't know there was a national bobblehead hall of fame and museum, but apparently there is one. And this week, the I'm not going to say all that again, but the bobblehead museum, they introduced not one, not two, but four new gritty bobbleheads that I believe they are offering up for sale. Why would there be four? I don't know. So the two regular, I'm going to say in air quotes, regular bobbleheads that they're offering. One is a a St. Patrick's themed gritty bobblehead. I don't know. Maybe he's green. I didn't actually see it. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that actual bobblehead. The other one is a little more appropriate. It's gritty in a boxing ring. Because, you know, if there's one thing that I think I would enjoy doing, it is punching gritty. <laughs> Rock'em, sock'em robots all up in this thing. Uh, so those are the two, again, <laughs> quote unquote, regular bobbleheads. The other two are three feet tall. Good God. <laughs> you can you can have a half life size gritty of your very. I don't know why you'd want them, but one of them is a very limited edition only 10 were ever created. I imagine it's quite expensive. Gritty. I, I, I guess that's just gritty. You're, you're plain vanilla gritty. And the other one is a three foot tall bobblehead gritty holding a Philly cheesesteak and a pretzel. So if you are interested in your own terrifying gritty bobblehead, you can head over to the, oh, I have to say it again, National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum's website and for some reason pay money for that. I'm astounded by the waste of effort and materials that went into making those bobbleheads. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I, I, uh, I, I can't even imagine, like, having a, an icon of Gritty in your home, I, I can see being disconcerting enough. But to see it kind of quietly bobbling at you, uh, that, that's, mm. that's nothing short of demonic, I think. Yeah, agreed. Gritty's influence continues to spread. Yet another goalie has decided to make Gritty his mask. And uh, this this is going to be four now. This is uh, Flyers prospect Alex Lyon. He, is, uh, he, he plays for the Flyers AHL affiliate, the Phantoms, I think. Uh, I didn't write it down. I should have. But anyway, so he has now... Uh, this is another Dave Art mask. So, you know, it, it's pretty high quality and this particular mask the design like they get more and more lifelike and terrifying as they go this one is basically gritty's head wearing an old school like jason style hockey mask i gotta see this one yeah so it's it's basically it's basically like gritty's head and he's he's wearing a, a broken jason mask as if the the mask itself was Gritty's head. Mm, okay, that that's okay. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's a sight to see. <laughs> Very well put. But uh, you know, credit where it's due. There's, I guess, Gritty's not all bad. Gritty, even Gritty, as as the the Grinch creature that that he is no doubt related to, even Gritty can display an act of kindness. James, you want to tell us a little bit about what Gritty himself was up to this week? Yeah, um, you know, we try and be as fair as possible on this podcast, and this uh, is no exception, and, and it doesn't come out of my mouth easily, but there was a gif going around where there were many 
well, little kids skating, and I don't know if it was something between periods or something during a Flyers game or whatever the case was, but little kids uh, skating in full hockey gear, and Gritty was in the middle of the ice, and he accidentally knocked over one of the kids, and the kid popped up and went about his business, but Gritty actually was apologetic about it and shook his head and, and took himself off the ice. So I was shocked to see that he actually showed concern and responsibility and even was his own referee. So maybe there's hope for this creature yet. Very impressive and, and unexpected. Don't worry, James. I will turn this story on its head and restore your lack of faith in Gritty. Uh, Thank so you. I don't, I can't, I didn't see the GIF in question, so I can't say definitively whether this is the same incident or a very similar incident, but there was another GIF that I saw that saw Gritty out in the middle of the ice during one of these, I guess, uh, you know, peewee hockey games that they have between periods. And uh, so this is one of those things that requires explanation because I had to look it up to understand what was going on. Apparently there was like a, a thing that went viral. The Bachelor, the current Bachelor of the television show, The Bachelor, who is named Colton Underwood. Mm-hmm. And he, for reasons... Uh, apparently he had a bit of a fight with one of the contestants on The Bachelor. I don't know. I don't watch the show. It's not important. But the thing that went viral is he, like he, I guess he's a former NFL player or something. He kind of stormed off. And as he was leaving the fancy property that they were on, he opted to just, instead of leaving like a normal human being, he opted to jump over the gate of the uh the the like you know fenced in facility that they were at and it was a that the, this thing was like six or seven feet tall this wasn't like he just wow. you know hopped a, a you know a chain link uh like you know three foot tall fence or whatever he like he he definitely got up on this one in one fluid motion so you know respect to him for that but you know gritty likes to replicate these viral things because it's gritty so he himself he held up a sign that said like the colton fence jumping challenge and he he captioned this i i I saw it on his twitter feed he captioned this that uh something to the effect of you know i understand trying to get a woman's attention i've been chasing kim k forever or something to that effect and so what gritty did is he you know he had his sign and with the colton blah 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 challenge and he dropped it and he starts skating very very stridently towards the the glass which is where the camera is located he's straight at the at the glass and he jumps at the glass and he winds up like almost almost horizontal like quasi horizontal smashing his gritty face into the boards and just collapsing on the ice it was it was funny to watch but what wasn't funny to watch was when he's hitting like pretty much right when he hits the glass you see that this uh, stunt that he's done he just cleared the peewee hockey game that is in progress on the ice as he's doing this like he skates towards the boards and right behind him you see like a rush of players skate by 
Good golly. No way. Yes. So uh, this this could very well be what he was doing when he was out on the ice during that hockey game where he knocked out one of the children. Wow. Well, thank you very much for putting balance back in the universe. Sure. Wow. Yeah. I have brought balance to the force. I am the chosen one. Well done, sir. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. Let, let it never be said that I cannot bring perspective. <laughs> and uh, I guess that has been this week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Hit the Deck. Do you concur, James? Yes, sir. All right. Let's, uh, at, at the risk of being slightly crass, I am going to quote Captain Kirk in the famous City on the Edge of Forever episode of Star Trek. Let's get the hell out of here. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. So that has been this this episode of the Hit the Deck podcast. We would like very, very much to thank our guest, Kevin Frost, for coming on this podcast and, uh, you know, contributing his perspective on the Ironman tournament. Kevin, you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> How does next week work for you? So thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music. The LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to you always for listening. And if you have anything that you think that we need to know, please shoot us an email at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. We are at hitthedeck on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, our YouTube channel is Hit the Deck Podcast. So if you would like to subscribe to us on YouTube or you would like to subscribe to us on one of your podcasting platforms of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. There, there's a there's a there's any number of them out there. Please do so. You'd be helping us and you'd be helping yourself to another episode of Hit the Deck that much sooner. You don't have to go looking for it. So we would encourage you to do all of those things. James, is there anything that you'd care to add? Yes, thank you. Be sure to check your search engines if you're looking for places to play deck. More on the Raleigh Street Hockey League or the Charlotte Street Hockey League or the Columbus Deck Hockey Association and the VAR Hockey League, of course, our own LIQ. And don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast in time, to spring ahead and uh, set your clocks forward. Thank you, James. That's useful information. I forgot all about that. Thank you, sir. All right. So that's going to do it for us. And so obviously we would like to end the podcast in the usual manner. And that's going to be whether you are organizing an awesome tournament or streaming it for the world to see, whether you are watching out for the children or endangering their very lives, regardless of what you happen to be doing, we would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. You know, you're out there trying to shake hands and, and network and make sure everybody's having a good time. So, shake hands, kiss babies. Uh, you know, sure. Besides, uh, nothing's off limits. All right. <laughs>